Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. and a warm welcome from Barangaroo Studios. This is The Call, 10 stocks picked by you, two experts, one hour. I'm Danielle Akuye. Our two expert guests on today's show, here for the full hour, joining me live is Josh Barker of Macro Capital. Welcome, Josh. Thanks. And Philip Pepe of Shore & Partners. Hi, Hello. Philip. Lovely to see you both. And the first five stocks that we have today are RPM Global, Australia, sorry, American West Metal, Tombador Iron, Latin Resources, and A2 Milk. But before we get to those stocks, we have more on Seven Group's full year numbers. And I'm pleased to welcome back to the show Ryan Stokes, Seven Group Managing Director, live via Skype. Good good afternoon, I should say, Ryan. Thanks, <laughs> Daniel. Good afternoon. Congratulations. Excellent results. You must be very pleased. It's a good result for the group. And yeah, we're very happy to kind of deliver above guidance for an EBIT result this year. Absolutely. So there's a couple of weaknesses there, which you've got in the likes of the media operations and beach. But let's focus on the positive parts of the business. And maybe you can just run us through in terms of West Track and Coates, because it looks like those businesses are really firing off the back of all the mining and infrastructure that is going on at the moment in Australia. Yeah, correct. And for us, uh, pleased uh, this year, industrial services has delivered a kind of a more than a billion dollars EBIT result uh, to key milestone. Uh, the drivers we've looked to position the group toward is you know, that mining production, infrastructure and construction and energy. And we still feel very confident about those and, and our uh, industrial services business play into those kind of core uh, production activity in the mining sector and uh, codes as well around the infrastructure construction. Uh, borrowers results have been a pleasing outcome too. So across the board, see that growth uh, across the industrials has been been pleasing and year-on-year and, uh, growth of 20% and despite those kind of other, other headwind attributes, which uh, I think just reinforces the strength of the portfolio. Indeed. Um, how is it looking forward going ahead? Are you expecting to see demand being maintained? You did have quite an optimistic outlook statement. And as someone pointed out, we've been a little bit short on the ground this reporting season in terms of optimistic statements. So maybe you can flesh out for us that, that you how you see demand continuing to be so robust. Look, yeah, we're, we put our guidance out there or our, our FY24 guidance uh, of a growth of high single digit EBIT growth for group and uh, uh, for our industrial services business high single to low double digit growth. So we're probably one of the few groups to put guidance out there that's that uh, clear, but it just reinforces the uh, confidence we have in the outlook of uh, around activity uh, as well as our ability to capitalize on that and supporting our customers, uh, that we are uh, confident to deliver that that growth. July for us was you know, reinforcing a positive uh, attribute. We see the mining 
uh, cycle, you know, moving uh, into what's probably a long duration cycle and certainly uh, investment as well as the uh, just ongoing kind of maintenance required to support the volumes of production. So that's going to play through strongly for West Track. And it is a lot on the infrastructure and construction and even uh, announcements around uh, the housing supply solution, I think, will play to support the um, the other uh, from coats and borrow. So, from a group perspective, we have sought to reorientate uh, the portfolio towards those growth uh, sectors, and, and I think today that's just you know, further reinforced with that, that outlook we put for FY24. Indeed, the uh, the benefits of being a conglomerate, I would say, um, having okay. a, having a look at Boral. So a great turnaround story there. There've been mm. divestments, etc. So where is the focus going forward uh, for Boral? Yeah, there's more work to be done on that that journey. I think a credit to the team and uh, leadership there that they've done done a great job in in refocusing the portfolio back to Australia. Uh, and really then kind of capitalizing on the opportunity. So we uh, see a uh, continuation of that into uh, this financial year, and that's going to uh, restore borrow back to the performance. It's um, uh, been able to deliver um, or on, on delivered on that potential performance and uh, playing into construction materials, the strength that it's got across its uh, integrated portfolio of assets. Uh, and so further work on how we can uh, better support customers, look at how we can optimise the cost structure when then borrow is going to be ongoing work uh, in the year ahead. Uh, and we think it uh, should deliver you know, positive growth. And then, again, a, another uh, you know very clear guidance point of 270 to 300 million EBIT for the year ahead. Uh, and we feel confident the business you know, will be able to uh, yeah, deliver on that. Indeed. Now, there's so much media around um, the shortage of housing here in Australia. Mm. We've got record immigration levels. Can you remind everyone of broadly the split in terms of Boral's exposure towards housing versus roads infrastructure? Because I must admit that number, uh, I used to look at it many years ago as a Boral <laughs> analyst, but that's far too many years to remember. Look, it's... Um Probably on the residential side, it's probably about 20% of the portfolio uh, today. So there's still a lot that that's kind of um, borrows business is quite spread across um, a number of different attributes in in you know um, the traditional infrastructure, the roads, um, uh, building construction, and uh, you know the, the kind of detached housing, multi-dwelling housing. So. Uh, it, it's going to be a, a, an incremental growth that will, uh, on the back of what's already a very strong infrastructure and construction market. So we look at that Infrastructure Australia report where they talk to 1.2 trillion of committed projects over the next five years, and that just reinforces that opportunity. Elements around the supply solution for housing uh, are yet to be factored into that. So you know, w- w- just re- reinforces that as we look at the uh, solution of like a growing population uh, requirement to get affordable housing, it- it's a supply response that's needed. And so that's kind of a welcomed uh, policy announcement. Indeed. And let's touch on media, which, of course, much Mm. more challenging environment there. I saw in the US that, uh, you know, people are still cutting the cord on linear TV. That's a trend over there. But maybe you can touch on Seven West Media, how Mm. the strategic direction of the group, where you're spending money, where you want to try and grow earnings in what is quite a challenging Mm. environment for traditional media. 
Yeah, I think that uh, draw there's, there's slightly different parallels to the US, where uh, most of the connectivity to television is via a cable uh, versus traditional free to air, where a majority of Australian households consume uh, you know, free to air via the traditional signal. So we still feel you know, uh, that the uh, offering to uh, reach consumers is strong, uh, our audience is strong, and you know, as demonstrated kind of the last uh, week with the uh, uh, the Matilda's kind of, um, exposure I and mean, the record audiences are there, and and people still engage with TV when when the um, it's it's compelling um, content uh, and the choice has increased. But I think what that's done, it, it, and it's happening across all forms of media. So when you think about advertisers uh, wanting to reach uh, scale audiences, free to air still represents the largest scale audience. Uh, it's just a uh, you know, for free to wear and for seven, the move now and focus is really on how do you, we maximise the opportunity across um, uh, different platforms, particularly digital, uh, and and that digital audience has continued to grow. Uh, our offering in broadcast video on demand uh, continues to, to expand, and that uh, digital result, I think it's. Uh, 137 uh, million EBIT for the year in digital uh, just highlights the the size of uh, digital business we're creating within within seven. I think that's that's one of the great strengths. Want to be leader across the core news, uh, uh, entertainment, sport uh, environments and connect audiences irrespective of, of whether it's linear, whether it's catch up, whether it's um, uh, just traditional kind of a, uh, a digital kind of video on demand. So they're the elements where, where the team are very focused on how we can maximize the opportunity for seven. Fantastic, Ryan. Well, first of all, congratulations. Excellent results on a down day in the market. Shareholders <laughs> are, are very pleased, obviously, with these results. So thank yep. you so much for joining Ausbiz yet again. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate your time. Okay. Well, dare I say, stock of the day is Seven Group and Seven Group's revenue jumped 20% on earnings of $1.2 billion with West Track earnings up 18%, Coates earnings up 22% and Boral's earnings up 117%. Activity in the resources, infrastructure and construction sectors are being credited for the result. And uh, obviously, we on the Outlook 7 Group says earnings momentum is strong with the segment Outlook supporting group guidance of high single digit EBIT growth. And uh, unfortunately, my two expert guests couldn't hear the interview. So we're going to have a lovely unbiased uh, assessment, aren't we there, gentlemen? So Philip, 7 Group. The pens can he hear us. <laughs> no, I don't think he's on anymore. <laughs> uh, look, as you said, it was a good result. So I'm going to call it by. Um, we like parts of the market that they're exposed to. So the West Track business, the Coates business, the Boral business, all in sectors uh, with, with strong expenditure ahead of them. So these aren't sectors, uh, infrastructure spending, replacing equipment, uh, parts of building don't seem to be slowing. Even Boral seems with their result have put some price increases through. So uh, Seven Group is exposed to some pretty um, not, not defensive, but growing sectors, so we like the space. Some weaknesses in media, expect media to continue to be weak despite um, uh, all, all the eyeballs from, from last night's television viewing and what live sport brings um, to companies like Seven Group. 
we think that's a headwind, um, as is um, the other part of the business that was down as well, energy. Um, yeah. But they gave a pretty positive outlook statement. Mm. So the result was a beat. The outlook was around about consensus, top end of consensus. I suspect one of the minority companies to put out a reasonably bullish outlook statement mm. in current conditions. Um, so I think worth a look. I think it's up a little bit today. So I'm going to call it a buy. Fantastic. Josh. What do you um, think? Yeah, I'd be happy to hold. Um, as you mentioned, uh, it's a conglomerate. And I guess diving into what is within the company, um, there are sectors that we are favourable towards. Um, even, I guess, the, the sort of media exposure. It's a very small part of their business mm-hmm. these days. Um, so in the, in the latest note today, um, the media part only made up about 5% of their earnings, um, whereas Boral alone uh, made up closer to 20% of its earnings. Obviously, increasing by 120% always helps out that uh, that split. So, yeah, definitely happy to be exposed. Um, we do like the building and construction sector here in Australia with those sort of, um, you know, pressures on, on the housing market. So, um, yeah, definitely be happy to hold 7 Group. Fair enough. Okay. Well, there we go. We've had quite a fabulous wrap today of Seven Group. But let's get right into it. And our first stock of the day is RPM Global, ticker code RUL, picked by Charles. And Charles said, from what I read and on my own simple observations, it could be time to start building (coughs) positions in small cap land. Would these shares be also a possible option for a small cap growth portfolio. If not, are there other small caps that your experts are loving right now? Well, Philip, let's just dive into RPM Global before we go off into other small caps. So sure. what, it's it's a good company. So we're talking software in the, the mining sector. So I'm a small caps analyst, so the answer is always yes, invest in small caps. <laughs> um, it, it's a good little business. It provides software for the mining sector, so it helps mining companies do their business better. I'm grossly over-summarising what they do. But it provides enterprise mining software solutions uh, for mining planning and execution. Um, so it helps companies in the mining business do their business better, manage the data better. Um, had pretty good results recently with um, the recurring revenue of their business, um, total contracted value of their software sales are up 25%. So um, I think they're now at um, 70.5 mil. So the recurring revenue part of the business is up pretty strongly. It has um, no debt. It has 35 million in cash on the balance sheet. Uh, it has a buyback in place. So for me, it's exposed to sectors that are doing okay. It's got a good balance sheet, has no debt, plenty of cash. Um, it's software, people like software uh, if it's profitable, which this one is. Um, the only potential tail- headwinds are it's in iron ore and coal with um, or their clients, uh, you know, 20, 29% of their clients are in the coal business. We've seen the coal prices, both forms mm. really fall materially. Um, iron ore 80, is 18% of their business. Iron ore prices, people keep waiting for it to come down, mm. still around hundred bucks a ton. Um, having said that, I think it's reasonably priced. It's not expensive given the growth outlook. So. And uh, they're, they're making money now, are they? Because I'm looking at something and they were loss making last year. Is that correct? I think uh, the consensus had, I think it did, it did lose money in uh, 22. Yeah. Um, I think it's on track for EBIT positive in 24. Right. Uh, which is this current year that we're in. Yep. Uh, and typically when companies go from loss making to profit making, it gets the re-rate. Oh, absolutely. So on a forward looking yeah. basis, it's on track to be profitable. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think it's worth a look and it's on... Um, I think the PE's actually uh, just lost it. 
30, oh, 32 times. Um, 32 times FY24, uh, but it should get some good earnings growth coming through. Indeed. Well, markets really want to see um, companies profitable at the moment. So does that mean that this is a buy from your perspective? I, I, I would call it a buy. Cool. Reckon. Okay. So that's a buy there. Josh. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, we just sort of touched on uh, the benefits of having companies that um, service, I guess, the mining and construction area. Um, so it's definitely an area that we like. We think even if, I guess, we get close to the top of this commodity cycle, there's still going to be another, you know, 12 to 24 months at least where these companies have quite high capex um, and the companies that are servicing them um, obviously continue to make those really strong earnings. So. Um, yeah, I'd be happy to hold this one. I think um, just in terms of the, the question from Charles is now a good time to start yeah. building the small caps portfolio. Um, good time to start. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you want to be entirely uh, building because I guess there, there is the thought that you're going to underperform for the next year or two while conditions are quite tight. Uh, companies uh, and, and consumers moving towards you know larger companies with higher uh, economies of scale. So uh, that being said, there's always opportunities in, in small cap land, especially um, you know if, if you're buying something that has I guess been a little bit unloved by the market because of I guess the the small cap sell off we've seen. Um, prefer probably some of the um, copper copper explorers we, we like copper um, over a sort of one and five year basis I think there's there's some shortage supplies issues going on obviously we've had fears about an economic recession so it's been relatively um, subdued and then I guess more long term you know something that's widely used in everything but also you know um, high demand with the energy transition and, and the infrastructure around that so um, yeah we do like some of the um, Aussie any any particular company yeah like so so some of the um, Aussie companies that have uh, a component of production but also exploration so AR1 Austral Resources and uh, 29M we think uh, they're getting into oversold territory you know you're obviously being quite patient with this sort of strategy so if you can look to pick them up cheap um, I think you're going to do quite well. 29 Metals, they've had lots of disappointments, haven't they? They have, yeah. yeah. So it's brought it right back down to its lows, which I guess is somewhat the strategy here. Um, you know, unfortunately, the same uh, value proposition is not there with the larger companies like Samfire or even like a wire ETF. Yeah. Um, you know, they're down 10% from their highs. So I, I don't think there's um, too much reason to jump into those. So I guess you're having to work your way down uh, the market cap list. Yeah. And I guess that's where, that's where those sort of companies come in. Cool. Okay, let's crack on. And our second stock is American West Metal, ticker code AW1, picked by Greg. And Greg said, in recent weeks, the company has announced a copper discovery. We've just been chatting copper in Canada and is drilling as we speak. Love to hear their thoughts. Well, American West Metal, another, well, I'd say small cap here that we have, Philip. It is a small cap. I think 75 mil market cap yeah. despite the strong rally. Look, the market responded to a very good announcement. It's still an explorer and, and they found some copper deposits. Um, I'm going to play the commodity. Copper's doing okay. It's around 81, 8200 uh, per tonne at the moment. It's well off its highs at sort of 10, 11,000 uh, per tonne, uh, but the market seems to like this one. I'm generally not a fan of um, investing in explorers. I prefer producers. However, the market seems to like this one. I'm going to call it a hold. I mean, it, you know, it's how do you value this? Mm. It's, it's speculative. 
Um, if you've ridden that wave, you might as well see what happens in the next 12 months as they release more data. So I'll call it a hold. I wouldn't mm. buy it after that run. You can want to own these things before they find something <laughs> and you want to start to sell them the minute they start producing. Uh, so I'll, I'll call it a hold based on the, the view that copper's holding up okay. It may weaken if China weakens, but if it stays steady, I think um, this is a genuine hold. Okay, fair enough. Does this uh, tickle your fancy, Josh? Um, there's a couple of things that I'm, I'm, I'm preferring those those previous companies yep. over, but you can't argue with the share price um, on those announcements. It's done quite well. Um, they did do a raising at five cents not too long ago. Uh, we saw from the, the share price there, it's well above that. Um, and it came with options at 10 cents as well to exercise. Right. So um, I just think that's worth mentioning because you will get heightened volatility around and dilution that. Dilution um, as well. Yeah, exactly. And you know, if you've got options at ten cents and the stock's at thirty, uh, it's going to create a lot of volatility in that space. Um, I think some of the uh, yeah some of the reasons why I would just have this as a hold rather than a buy is just some of the costs seem to have blown out since uh, listing. So you know they raised capital recently, like How I mentioned. How much did they raise? Uh, that was not too much. That was only I think around the five million mark. Right. Um, but the reason why they had to raise that is because they've used up all their. So this company just listed a couple of years ago, um, and they've used up all their capital that they had earmarked for expiration from their IPO prospectus so um, you know they're, they're initially planning a budget of about 7 mil um, that's blown out to 16 mil now because uh, they did another raising just previous to that as well so um, yeah I think it's important to stick to a budget on, on these sort of things um, especially when there's the that dilutionary factor um, and I think yeah I guess the, the rationale for some of those high costs are blamed on the uh, foreign exchange that's occurred so um, you know that should that should level out over time obviously I know it's been quite volatile lately but uh, I don't think that's the entire explanation so I think just management have caused a little bit of uh, blowout in costs um, and therefore uh, wouldn't be racing into buy it unfortunately yeah okay so a hold it best hold it best hold yeah. it best okay the third stock is Tombador Iron, ticker code TI1, picked by Jason. And Jason has said his stock is doing a great job getting iron ore out of the ground and selling more and more to Brazilian steel mills where the mine is located. It's generating cash, has good cash on the balance sheet and paying divvies. And we all love a divvy. I know it's pegged to the iron ore price, but it looks like it's just underappreciated. Yes, low market cap and a liquid, but is there upside here, Philip? <laughs> we, we like lithium. Um, this one will be our preferred picks. I'm going to call it a hold. But it's Again. iron ore, isn't it? Um, I think that's Brazilian iron ore from what I could gather. Maybe they've got some lithium got, tucked in there some as well. Lithium. Yeah, I think they do a bit of lithium. Oh my God, it's, it's so illiquid, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, based on that, it's not a, it's not a must own. Um, what have we got here? Um, they're in Brazil, not Australia. Um, look, I'm going to call it... Oh, it's not a sell, but if you owned it, you would just hold on to it. But this isn't where I'd be looking if you wanted the micro cap resources space. There's other, I'd, I'd stick to Australia if you could. I'd stick to something more liquid um, and something with sort of nearer term announcements um, for me. The last announcement I read, uh, did talk about lithium, I was going to suggest GR1, which is our pick. Uh, but for this one, you, you don't need to own it. No. Uh, there's no reason to sell it, but it's, uh, I'll, I'll call it a hold. A hold, yeah. okay. Josh. 
Um, yeah, I'd have it old as well. I think if it's your strategy to try and, um, I guess, pick up these undervalued assets, then then definitely there is upside for this one. Um, they're obviously located in Brazil, as mentioned, so they're going to have lower costs there. Um, it's been sold off, but again, it's hovering around that two cent mark and, and doesn't want to break lower. Um, not sure about the sustainability of those divvies. Um, they've paid just the one divvy at this stage is about 11% of the company, um, but it was um, about a quarter of a cent. So uh, whether that's uh, something management are going to continue, it's very hard to hard to dictate. But they've just recently gone into um, you know writing receipts um, just this year and, and getting earnings from that. They're doing about 32 mil in rev. Um, it's a 45 mil market cap. So it could be one of those ones that's just a product of the the small cap sell-off um, and no one looking to sort of you know be patient with this one so I think if it's your longer term strategy I think there is upside in this one but um, yeah just to hold from us I think we'd we'd struggle to have it as investment grade but definitely definitely an interesting business um, and happy to keep it on the watch list for the time being. Okay I actually I think I heard that um, I was listening to Newbank which is a Brazilian finance company today and I going going just back to Brazil I think I think inflation's starting to come down there because they're mm. one of the countries where they've had you know interest rates really jacked up through the roof and you know one of the EMs that have been struggling let's just put it that way yeah. yeah anyway I digress the fourth stock is Latin Resources LRS picked by Jake and Jake said just wondering why Latin Resources is increasing so much daily so Philip now I think we do have lithium wrong notes in Argentina and Brazil uh, and a market cap of around 867 sorry, million read the wrong notes the wrong stock this is the lithium stock um, yeah again we uh, repeat what I said earlier <laughs> We like lithium. This has had this. I think this has had a good run. It's it's in the right space. Uh, again, it is. Um, it, this one is in Brazil, um, Argentina, and Brazil. And Brazil. Yeah. yeah. What are their names? The Minas Yeah, Brazil. Um, we prefer uh, Aussie-based companies. So there's a company called Global Lithium that we cover that has got two assets based in WA. Uh, you can get to them, you can see them. Their latest June quarter, um, was the result was quite um, reasonable, moving in the right direction. So we like the space. And for me, being a non-resource person, if there's something equivalent uh, available in Australia, go Australia before you um, go offshore. Um, so I'd suggest GI1 as a substitute if you want lithium. Uh, Pilbara if you want the, the, the biggest one in the room. Um, but I'll call this one a hold because it's in the right space, but perhaps not in the best jurisdiction. Yeah, I mean, do you think a lot of these companies that have gone off to Latin, Latin America, you know, they've got the resources, but yeah. it comes with quite a lot of geopolitical risk potentially. I mean, we've seen the Chilean government get all antsy about wanting a bite of the cherry. Yeah. Is that kind of how you're looking at some of these plays? It's, it's just another layer of risk that investors don't need. Theoretically, yes. Mm. But then we've got the coal tax in Queensland. Mm. So, and there's debate as to what will happen in Australia. So because of... Um, our dependence on resources over the last couple of decades, we tend to manage it, better, manage it better. We did once propose the resources super profits tax, so our governments can get greedy. Um, but it's normally a tax on profits, not 
you know, we're not going to take a mine off you because we want to reclaim mm. the land, which mm. can sometimes happen in other parts of the country. So, um, and then you've got currency risk as well because mm. your costs uh, are in, dominated in another currency. So, I think the Argentinian peso, is that what it is, is, is in dire straits at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you, you, investing in Australia, I mean, you get the export sales, which are in um, probably US dollars, but you haven't got uh, currency risk, you've got less geopolitical risk. If, it's, if there's something available at home, invest at home first and go offshore second. So, um, I, yeah, I would suggest GI1 over um, Latin resources. Fair enough. Josh? Um, yeah, obviously, like the, the subsector um, preferred name would be the, the Pilbara, um, just on the back of the dividend paying structure and, and the cash flows that they're getting right now being a producer uh, rather than explorer. But just to, I guess, uh, answers Jake, Jake's question as to why it's going up so much lately, uh, it was kind of hovering about and then they released to the market that they were going to have their min resource estimate um, in June. Mm-hmm. So they announced that back in, um, I think it was, about March um, or May, uh, when they, and that's when it started to rally, basically. So um, I guess it's important to understand what's happening and what's happening in the story. The reason why it's rallying so much is, I guess, investors were speculating on that, and I think that's a really key word to use, is, is this is a very speculative investment. Um, they were speculating that that Jork resource was going to be quite good. Um, it was exceptionally good, so they, they upped their initial estimate by 240%. So and immediately you have a, a, a a repricing um, of what the future expectations are by about two and a half times. Um, since then, it did kick on further, I guess, repricing that in. Some got in early and, and you know benefited from the speculation. And I guess um, some of the, they do have other mines as well. So they're speculating that those assets there are going to be just as good as um, what was what was reported in the, um, was it Kalina deposit? A um, lot of speculation happening. Um, I think it'd, it'd be great. It's an 850 mil market cap because of the movement. Um, I think it's a great opportunity to take profits. You've seen from the chart that it's starting to roll over at the moment. Um, yeah, if, you, if you've been involved and you've got the speculation right, um, take your take your chips and, and go home. Exactly. So I sell. Sell. Fair enough. Yes. As uh, my accountant always says, um, if you have a profit, make the most of it. <laughs> okay. It's rare from an accountant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Our fifth stock is A2 Milk Company, picked by Abigail. And uh, yeah, wow. At uh, one stage, this stock was just phenomenal. And I rode that wave and I wrote about it in my first book. But times have changed. Look, I think so. It was once a market darling. It was once, it was almost the Bitcoin of its time. It just, mm. just kept going up. Uh, I think a lot's changed, A, regarding China-Australia relationships, but also regarding um, the level of regulation happening in China in terms of what they require from, from their imports. And even the most recent data, our imports into China are still down. And the latest infant formula data uh, shows it's still down double digits, so it's not coming back soon. We've had the outcome on um, on what the uh, the new formula rules would look like. They haven't really had the bounce in A2 milk. There's debate as to whether the Chinese just bought up everything they could ahead of these changes. There's a lot of inventory sitting in China, and that's going to take a while to flow through mm. the system, and we don't know how long. Uh, there's just no need to own this stock at the moment. Uh, we saw. China-Australia relations are improving um, with the removal of the barley barley tariff. Uh, There's talk about uh, removing the wine tariff in due course. That might suggest that in the next 12 months, the broader China relationship opens up, in which case 
and things might get easier for A2 milk. They're not directly impacted, but indirectly they might yeah. be. I just think you've got time. So I'm just going to call this a sell because I've, my, my guess is it trades sideways for 12 months and there's other places to put your money um, with more certainty regarding the outlook, I think. Yeah, it's a tough business anyway, isn't it? Because it's, it's, you know, it, there's a lot of competition and, and everybody's... And costs are going up. Yeah, costs are going up. And it's hard to pass up. on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did that whole Daigu channel collapse in terms of the, the, the product being exported in the pandemic? Stopped with COVID because was mm. a lot of the students brought it back and forth. Uh, my, my pharmacy contacts tell me it's now started again because the students oh, they're have back, returned. They're back they're shopping, back, are they? Back. <laughs> uh, probably not the way it used to be and we'll probably never get back to where it was because... It was a lot crazy, of, wasn't it? They had to put it, limits on it. It was nuts, yeah. But a lot, of the, a lot of the brands have worked out, well, they can do it more professionally by going direct yeah. and cut out the middle person margin. So I don't think it'll ever come back to where it was but clearly um it was driving some demand so it has improved i'm told but it's no we're nowhere near where it was at the peak i think we saw listed companies dago companies listing during its peak saying this is what we do we buy in bulk and we send it (laughs) oh indeed well josh yeah similar views i think um it's a company that's spending a lot of money in in a contracting market so over the last five years um birth rates in China and uh, mm. have, have decreased by 10% year on year on year. So companies like A2 Milk and Bubs, for example, which, um, you know, looking at Bubs, uh, I think gives me some warning signs over A2 Milk even further. Um, so I guess they're swimming against the tide and, and they're having to spend a lot of money to expand into these markets and, and oh, I guess fight back for the, for the Chinese market, which is a market that's decreasing. Um, so I think it's gonna be very tough for them moving forward in the future. Um, um, I don't think they may never return to, to the company that they were. Um, so this one would, would be a sell for me as well. Noting that the results are due to come out in probably a, a few days. So could, could be wrong immediately. But uh, yeah, I think it's just too high risk at this stage. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, that was the first five stocks. So let's summarize, first of all, the stock of the day. And that was Seven Group. And check out the interview that um, I had with Ryan Stokes. So basically, Philip, he has a buy on the stock and great results. Great to see that they have provided a positive outlook, which is quite rare in this reporting season, and great exposure to those sectors of the economy that are doing well and notably in the infrastructure sector. Josh has a hold on it, just made some really good points. Obviously, it is a conglomerate. The media aspect, Seven West Media, only represents 5% of the earnings for the group. And Boral has been a really, really big driver here, up to around 25% of earnings, if my memory serves me correctly. So we have one buy and one hold on stock of the day. But let's summarize the first five stocks. And if we go to the first one, RPM Global. And uh, yeah, so we, Philip likes this stock. And Philip, of course, is a small cap specialist. So worth highlighting that. Good business, software solutions uh, in, well, the resource sector, uh, high exposure to the iron ore and coal sector. So he did flag a little bit of concern over those businesses just because of what's going on in China. But a buy on that one, worth noting, no debt, $35 million in cash. Uh, Joshua has a hold on the stock. but 
The question also was about building positions in small caps. And Josh said, yes, it's a good time to start building, but he would prefer basically some copper explorers, and we'll have more of this in a second, and that's Austral Resources and 29 Metals. Let's move on, an American West Metal. So Philip has a hold on this one. Uh, basically, very, very speculative. They had a copper discovery, which is pushed up the price of the stock. Um, but generally, Philip is not a fan of explorers, would prefer producers and some cash flow. Josh um, also would prefer the other companies, so Austral Resources, 29 Metals. And a really good point that the company has basically run out of money in terms of its exploration. So they've come to the market twice since they listed, and more recently they raised money, about five million at five cents a share. And uh, they've got options at 10 cents a share. So just bear that in mind, that's a bit of an overhang. And then Tombador Iron. Okay, so we're talking Brazilian iron ore mining. So for Philip, not one that he would invest in. Uh, he would prefer to hold mines or miners, should I say, here in Australia. And uh, he has a hold on that. Josh just made the point, undervalued assets, also a hold. Um, but, you know, it's it has been, you know, part of the small cap sell-off, but it's only had one dividend and it does have 32 million in revenue, but at best, a hold. And then let's go on to Latin resources. So talking lithium in Argentina and Brazil. And really we have a hold on that from Philip and uh, again would prefer an Aussie based lithium play, GR1 as a substitute or Pilbara for those uh, cash flow generation and a good producer. And Josh uh, also would prefer something like a uh, Pilbara, a producer. Uh, there's been a great rally after they expanded their mineral resource in terms of what they actually have, but he says it's very, very speculative. So uh, would be taking profits on that one. So a sell recommendation. And A2 Milk, once upon a time, the uh, investor favourite. And uh, we really have two sell recommendations on this one. So A2 Milk, there's a lot going on in China, which is making it hard for this company. They're having to invest a lot, but ultimately, Philip points out that there's new regulations around formulas, quite large stockpiles, inventories in, in China currently, and uh, similar views for Josh. And uh, you know, it makes a really Josh makes a great point about declining birth rates. So a double sell on A2 milk. And let's move on to our portfolio. And the call is tracking our own high conviction fund, which is picked by our investment committee. The latest episode of the committee meeting is live for you to watch at ausbiz.com. So let's check in with the portfolio update. Going into August, index was replaced by AUB and the committee spent on cash 1% went to each of Seek, Altium and Prometicus. Now let's see how the portfolio is performing. So far the fund is 5 spot for 4% on a cumulative return basis since inception on March 1st, 2022. So keep sending in your requests and keep the call switched on to see which stocks our committee will be looking at next. Now let's move on to the next five stocks of the day. Evolution Mining. 
BKI Investment Company, Contact Energy, Invictus Energy and Spark New Zealand. For some reason, we seem to be going over the ditch, as they say today. But anyway, let's swap it around. So Evolution Mining, Josh, what do you today? Not great results. Yeah, not a great result mm. today from the share price, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. But it seems like, um, you know, I did the, the research for this um, prior to the report. It seems like the numbers that they've released today were the exact same that they got it in their, in their quarterlies. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of the gold um, producers um, were hit during their quarterlies just recently. Um, interesting, I guess, um, things about this report is they did have about $160 million hit to their cash flow due to weather. Um, a lot of wet weather, wasn't it? Yeah, they're expected good production numbers in the next year, um, an increase of about 17% um, to uh, yeah, 770,000 ounces, but then the year after it only increases marginally. So that comes down to, uh, I guess, the, the business strategy that the, the company is looking at. And it's, um, yeah, in their report, they, they, they quote, margin over ounces priority. So they're really focused on those cost pressures, um, which is, you know, I think it's, it's the smart move, but I think uh, in terms of this company um, really accelerating in terms of its growth, um, it's not going to be likely over the next couple of years. So yeah, not a huge fan of, of having gold in the portfolio, particularly the mature ones, because they're very, very linked, um, correlated to the gold price, um, unless you're trying to bet that the company has discovered more gold or, you know, going into production, whatever it may be, these guys just will very much track that, you know, less the cost inputs, which is a pressure that's occurring in every company at the moment. So um, I'd have this one as a sell. Um, I think there's better opportunities out there. Um, things like corporate bonds, where you can get a, a very similar sort of risk profile to gold, but with almost a, a six or seven percent yield. So when you say corporate bonds, do you mean that these companies, the gold companies have issued? No. No, no. Just generally. Uh, just generally. Um, so you're talking like a Westpac or a Commonwealth Bank or something? Yeah, look, we prefer the ones that encapsulate uh, a range of companies. So um, CRED, USIG, USHY, these are ETFs that are listed oh, on the market okay. um, that encapsulate some of uh, the biggest companies from Australia and the US. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. Quite a, quite, quite a divergence from a gold company to corporate bond ETFs. Well, I think what I mean, what are you, what are you trying to do with a gold company, right? You're trying to you're trying to hedge the equities exposure. Yeah, no, um, indeed, indeed. Well, they've got so many headwinds at the moment, don't they? A strong yeah. US dollar, real yields, yeah. you know, actually punching higher, not lower. So mm -hmm. macro headwinds for gold yeah. companies. Yeah. Apart not from, a lot of utility in gold these days. Not at the moment, definitely not. What do you think, Philip? Look, I'm going to call it a hold because I think you do need some hedging. Yeah. Because they're still, and when we had a chat this morning, they're still soft landing, hard landing. There's going to be a slowdown uh, in Australia and globally. It's just what, what's the rate and people are still guessing where interest rates are. So you still need to own some gold. This is one of the larger, more liquid ones. Uh, we like some of the smaller ones, some of the explorers, but uh, I'm going to call this one a hold. I was tempted to, with a buy until I saw the result. There'll be people downgrading, uh, a missed consensus by about 7%. The flooding, the rains cost them about 160 mil. Um, maybe that was a shock, but they told us at the time production was impacted because of the weather. Uh, I believe they said today they're now back at capacity um, and they will focus on profitability going forward. That's all great. These aren't things that analysts want to hear on results day. Mm -hmm. um, people will just focus on the downgrade. So you'll probably see numbers come down 7% overnight. Price targets come down. I'm not sure what it was down earlier, but let's say share price reacts um, proportionally. 
the share price will settle and then it's safe to have another look. But we, we're actually more bullish um, the gold price than the current spot price suggests. I'm not the analyst, but yeah. I, I don't believe people can pick commodity prices. But our, our gold analysts are gold bulls and they see it trending well above 2000 bucks an ounce. Uh, and therefore, this is a good way to play it, just not today. I, okay. I, I would sit out for a few days and see where consensus settles. I'll call it a hold for now, yep. but certainly one uh, look to add to the portfolio in a month post-report. Once we've seen the next two weeks and we've seen what every company on the ASX with a junior end puts out, then we can reassess where this fits in the portfolio. But I think you need to have some and not be Do moved. Do you prefer like a gold ETF? Not not the producers, not the miners, yeah. but literally the, the spot price ETF? Spot price would give you more volatility, yeah. you would have thought. Uh, I'd prefer the lowest co- lowest cash cost producer. Yep. Uh, I don't know if the, these guys are the lowest, but they're certainly not the highest. Yeah. Um, so you always buy the lowest cost yeah. producer, unless that's priced in. Indeed. Uh, but I, I suspect in the next few days, this stock will get cheaper and you'll get an opportunity to buy a reasonable um, cost producer at a, at a lower price. Fair enough. Okay. And the seventh stock is a BKI investment company picked by a Jordan. So Josh, it's, mm. I I actually looked at this. I didn't, you know, I didn't know about investment, you know, obviously an investment company. The performance yeah. hasn't been too bad. No, it seems like a really strong performer. So, mm. you know, we're chatting Borrell a lot today. This is actually the investment portfolio for Brickworks initially. Oh, um, and right. then it's, yeah, a listed investment company now. Um, Relatively low cost. Um, so, I mean, there's been a lot of arguments over the years for, you know, ETFs um, mm-hmm. over an individual stock selection. These guys uh, have a um, 0.1% management fee um, and no performance fees. Their top 20 holdings are very much sort of standard blue chip mm. ASX companies that have been around for a very long time, paying very consistent yield. Um, you know, in, in terms of holding the actual um, portfolio yourself, you're going to look at about a 4.3% yield, but it, it has shown a propensity to grind higher. Um, it's an interesting one for you know myself and, and viewers um, of this show. We obviously love stock selection, um, you know, in common, uh, and this is a way to not have stock selection. So, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd personally, uh, and I think viewers would be in the same boat. They'd much rather prefer their own stocks uh, and select them. But uh, this is a great way to get exposure to the market um, if you're wanting that sort of passive yeah. um, income dividend reinvestments. Yeah. So a hold. A hold. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough, Philip. Look, I'll call it a hold. It's not quite a passive fund. If you look at what it owns, you know, BHP, Macquarie, CBA, NAB, APA, New Hope, and West Farmers are the top um, six or seven holdings. So quality stocks. Um, it's NTA's $1.79 per share pre-tax, which is where it's trading. So it's trading at fair value. Sometimes you get leaks trading at a material discount yeah, for some absolutely. reason. This one's at fair value. It's one of the better ones. And the reason for that is probably it's longer term track record. Over 15 years, it's outperformed its benchmark by 1.5% per annum. Last 12 months have been tough. It's down over 4%, 4.4% over the last 12 months. So uh, it, it's, it's had a challenging 12 months. It's been a volatile 12 months for a lot of fund managers. Again, myself, I'd prefer buying stocks directly. Yeah. Um, if you really had no time at all, you'd buy an index fund um, and then there's less less uh, less risk in it as well. You get market risk without stock selection risk. However, longer term track record for those who want a little bit of uh, alpha on top of the, the market risk, uh, it's worth a look. So I'll call it a hold because it's not screamingly cheap. It gives you access to the market. Mm. There are other ways to get there, but this one over the longer term, 
would have given you a better than market result. So I'll call it a hold. Fair enough. Okay. The stock number eight of the day is Contact Energy and that's ticker code CEN. Picked by David and I must admit I didn't know about this one but this is a big power generation company in New Zealand. Probably Hydro, two billion market cap. But hey Josh, I stand to Mm. be corrected. Um, No, no, we like it. Um, Looks quite good. Looks like it's starting to uh, push on again. Um, It did have its report um, just yesterday so um, yeah I guess it's it's pushed on um, after that report which is you know not something that can be said for too many companies um, on the ASX at the moment. I do like the fact that they're um, aiming to sort of move towards more of those um, renewable um, energies so I think their target is mid 2027 um, plans to, to build more of those geothermal and, and solar powered plants as well. What so. are they currently using to generate? Uh, they've do got they? a bit of natural gas uh, okay. fired power um, so it's not like a huge business that's that's really reliant on those um, you know older older sort of energy types they can quite easily transition like yeah. a, 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 a move to renewable in uh, three years is is not what a lot of many companies can do at the moment um, you know we're talking about 2050 uh, for a lot of companies being unachievable so the fact that these guys are doing it I do like generally the uh, solar powered area um, it's a it's an area that the costs of solar um, generation um, has come down a lot over the last couple of years um, and it's something that once you have the infrastructure for mm. um, it only gets cheaper and cheaper as, as, as the life of the investment goes on so um, yeah I think this one looks like a great little company um, I'd, I'd have it as a buy Okay, there we go. We haven't had lots of buys today. What do you think, Philip? I'm going to call it a buy also. Um, <gasps> oh, oh it's, break it's out the a, champagne. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Look, it's in an interesting space. It's a it's an electricity wholesaler, a generator. So oh, okay. What are we can people complaining about globally? Australia, New Zealand, cost of power, cost of power, cost of power. They are supplying, it's not their fault, they are supplying this mm. high cost commodity. If this was iron ore price going through the roof, we'd all be buying iron ore companies. So this is an electricity wholesaler with a pretty high price at the moment. Mm. And uh, I think uh, double digit earnings growth forecast by the analysts that cover it over the next two years. So um, it's in the right space because demand isn't slowing, populations are growing, we're all trying to use less, but Mm. it's hard. You need a minimum level of power usage in your life. Um, yeah, look, I, th- I think it's in the right space. Um, it's regulated, so you're not going to see massive price competition. There is a technology mm. switch happening and there's a capex happening, but that will probably only increase demand for them because those, those who want to be green will use more Is the balance sheet product. okay? Have they got enough, um, you know, cash? Sorry, a bit of a fastball question there. Uh, my guess is yeah, I don't have the data in front of me, yeah. but I don't think uh, unless there's a major capex budget in a couple of years' time, uh, balance sheet will be solved. It's a recurring revenue business, so mm. their ability to get debt would be pretty easy, um, given it's it's a it's a utility. Um, so well, I quite, think Origin came out with some good results today too, as well, didn't they? I believe it did. So yeah. it's it's the place to be, and so uh, in a multiples basis. Um, some so on about um, 12 times PE, right. I think. Yeah, they're not particularly expensive, are they? No, actually, 24, sorry, 24 times 24. PE, but 25, 20, 25% growth over the next two years. So uh, for me, it's, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's not cheap, but it's in a place where you think it's earnings of defence, but it's earnings of growing double digit 
we're not going to turn off all our lights. And that's prospective soon. PE, is it? Not historical. That's one year forward. Yeah. Okay. One year cool. Forward. Fantastic. Well, that's very exciting. We don't. We haven't had uh, many buys today, and to get two on one stock is very exciting. Anyway, <laughs> stock number nine is Invictus Energy. Uh, ticker code IVZ, picked by Vicky, and we are going to where are we going? Africa. Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 171 million market cap, oil and gas. That's yeah. what I read. So we've talked a lot about the the sort of different countries and sovereign risk. <laughs> um, sometimes it can work for you. So in, in this case, um, there's a new Zimbabwean government um, that's very uh, favourable to foreign investment, um, and yeah, it's implemented a lot of uh, investor friendly reforms. So. These guys are benefiting from that. Um, they are a, an oil explorer, so yeah, definitely down the risk end of the curve. Um, you can see there the share price has been higher in the past, um, but yeah, I think it's trending well um, over over more of a longer term view. Uh, they've also got uh, the ability to um, sort of um, have those carbon carbon offsets for the future. So uh, basically, they're going to be worth around you know 150 to 200 dollars uh, US a ton uh, by sort of 35 50. So they'll be able to on sell those. That's another revenue Where stream. Where are the offsets coming from? Sorry. Uh, so they've got the ability to. Um, of uh, to sell off their carbon offsets. Oh, yeah, right. They own some, do they? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. And gotcha. uh, that'll, that'll, that'll make them a little bit more attractive from an oil company with the ESG, I guess. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think this one's okay. I'd have it as a hold. It's definitely on the speculative end. Um, we did a placement for them a few months ago with attaching options on them. So yeah, I think uh, a, a great strategy with this is, is to sort of um, almost treat it like a call option. If they do get some really good results, um, then it's going to kick on even higher, but very long term, uh, very long way away from production. These guys. Okay, Philip. This is Perth boats. No, sorry, <laughs> same baby. Um, I'm going to call it um, a hold. Um, because it is done well. Um, they are burning cash. They did raise twelve and a half mil. Um, I'm just looking at the oil price. Currently around seventy bucks a barrel. It's well off its highs. It, it will. The share price will move in tune with that. Um, again, our view is oil should be higher, just like gold. It's not there. Something's mm. keeping a little. No part intended. Um, at the moment, I'm just not loving cash burners. In, a, in another part of the world other than Australia. It's not a sell because it's not, it's not expensive. There's no, um, there's no light, there's no train coming to hit you. Um, <laughs> it's just, it wouldn't be the first place I'd park some money. If the oil price was back at hundred bucks a barrel, I would be piling into this thing. Um, but at the moment, 70 bucks a barrel, people smarter than me say it should be going higher. Well, it's not. Um, I'm just gonna call it a hold until we see what oil does for the next three to six months. Indeed, indeed. Mm. Well, there we go. And uh, the 10th stock is Spark New Zealand, ticker code SPK, picked by Paul Josh. Yeah, um, obviously sort of stable um, grinding okay. business. It's, it's done quite well. Over the past, um, they're conducting a buyback at the moment. That was announced a fair while ago, but it's sort of 12 months um, that mm -hmm. they'll conduct that, you know, 350 mil purchase back. So um, it's, it's, you know, for the size of the company, it can be quite illiquid. So I think that 
buyback will have um, you know quite quite a reasonable um, support for the stock as opposed to something like a you know NAB when it's even even announcing a, a billion dollar buyback. Um, so yeah, um, I think this company they they released an update and the main thing to focus on is they updated their sort of three year strategy to the market, um, and they're focusing a lot on their investment into data centers there as oh, well. Oh, okay, so, they're getting on that. Well, actually, yeah. uh, Telstra has data centers. Yeah, well, these yeah. guys bought um, Towerco not too long ago, right. so I think that's really um, made I guess wet their appetite for those sort of uh, that sort of space mm-hmm. and they're committing to it for the next three years and to really sort of double down on the data centers and, and the 5g um, 5g assets so a lot of capex then yeah it is but obviously they've they've I think they've got the money um, you know they're they're, in, they're investing 300 mil and 60 mil into those two areas mm-hmm. um, and they're doing a 350 mil buyback so um, if they didn't have the money for the growth assets, then they wouldn't have done that buyback. And again, it still does pay a yield. So I think they're I think they're quite well cashed up at the moment. Um, this one would be a hold. A hold, yeah. And I suppose if you had to pick a big telco, would you buy Spark over Telstra? Well, Telstra is reported today, and I, I think it's a bit disappointing. Uh, we, yeah, I, I saw the share price, but haven't had a deep dive into it yet. Mm. Just focusing on these other stocks, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I get back to my desk and have a look. Reporting season, ever the challenge to get yeah. across so many stocks so quickly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, a hold, okay, Philip. Look, I'll call it a hold as well. Um, recent result: mobile was strong, broadband and cloud disappointed. I would have thought most people would have bought the business for its exposure to um, cloud in particular mm-hmm. and mobile. And um, again, the data center business is the right space, but it's still um, it's still growing. They've uh, they've got guidance out for the full year. It's a calendar year end, so that's great that they're confident enough to do that. Um, and and the buyback will help. But I just thought if if you want to play data centers, there's, there's yeah, there's good companies. Pl- plenty listed in Australia. We yeah. saw um, who's uh, Megaport. Evan, Megaport. How quickly things can turn around when when you've got scale and um, someone mm. uh, in control who knows the industry quite well. So uh, I wouldn't buy this um, for broadband or for data centers. I'd buy a pure play data center like like one of those. Um, so I'm going to call it a hold. The buyback will support it. Um, and you know, Kiwi-based companies tend to have a lot of Kiwi-based investors. Fifty stocks to buy over there, so it's not going to fall in a heap. Um, I just think there's better companies listed on the ASX if you wanted um, exposure to the growth segments, uh, broadband or cloud, or data centers. There's other ways to play it um, okay. in, in the Aussie market. So not not a terrible business, but uh, I would say hold um, at current levels. Okay, fair enough. Well, let's summarise those companies that we have just run through. So Evolution Mining, which obviously reported today, but we have a uh, sell on that one from Josh. So better opportunities elsewhere. Basically, you know, that they've been hit by all this wet weather and it's cost them about $160 million. So they've got to focus on getting their costs down uh, to get that mining margin improvement and that's the way the company is going to focus it but uh, sees limited upside at the moment in the gold price for Philip we have a hold Um, he does like having some gold hedging would prefer to have the lowest cost producer in the portfolio looks like the result has missed consensus and focusing on profitability so uh, not a lot of love there then if we turn to BKI investment company which is brick from brickworks and basically we have a double hold 
hold from both of our guests today. Uh, Josh just makes the point that the management fee is very low, 0.1%, top 20 holdings, so you could also get exposure via an ETF. Uh, no stock selection. Both of our guests would prefer that one does stock selection over holding one of these investment companies. It is one of the better ones. But nevertheless, um, you know, it's currently trading around its NTA, says Philip, and uh, good performance over the longer term. But like a lot of these investment companies, they've been struggling recently. So prefer to buy stock. So a double hold there. But then excitement, break out the champagne because we have two buys from our expert guests on Contact Energy. So basically, the company is an electricity wholesaler and uh, they're benefiting from higher prices, getting double digit earnings growth on a multiple of around 24 times and about 25% EPS growth. Uh, that was what Philip pointed out, just, just made the point that they're moving into renewables over the next three years. So a bit of a secular trend kicker on that one as well. Moving to Invictus Energy. So we're talking oil and gas explorer, pretty speculative over in Zimbabwe. The new government there has been supporting investment. Uh, a hold from both of our expert guests. Just worth noting that um, Philip says they're burning through a lot of cash. Uh, Josh makes the point that they do own quite a lot of carbon offsets, which they might be able to sell down the track, but also to the lower oil price currently around 70 US dollars a barrel is putting a cap on some of these explorers. So a double hold there. Going to Spark uh, New Zealand, the last stock that was picked by you today. Well, again, we have two holds here. So in, in essence, you know, they're, they're investing heavily to go uh, more into the cloud, into data centers. But at the moment, uh, it, Philip just makes the point that mobile was strong, but cloud not doing so well, data centers a bit slow to grow. There are opportunities that you can look if you want exposure to those secular trends here in Australia as an alternative. And Josh also has a hold on it, a stable grinding business. But, you know, again, three year strategy to double down on data centers, but you have many picks yeah. Now, how are we going for time? I think we've got a couple of minutes. So I'm going to really ask both of you very briefly. Philip, how are you seeing the market and reporting season? So far, so good. I think the theme um, that we're seeing emerge is most companies are hitting their guidance. I mean, they would have said something up guidance. This. Some of them. Whatever they had out yeah. there within the range. But their outlook statements are interesting. Yeah. Um, many have been conservative outlook statements below where consensus uh, was at. And we'll probably get more of those next week as the majority of the small caps market reports next week. So I'm a little bit nervous about how the market will respond to what are intentionally the conservative outlook statements, which is a good thing to do, but it's below consensus. So we might see a bit more volatility next week, but so far so good this week. Um, I mean, again, the, the, uh, the seven one was, um, was, a, was a good outcome, but I'm a little bit nervous about next week as to see what the outlook statements will, um, will tell us about the immediate future. Indeed, fair enough. And Josh, how are you seeing it? Yeah, I think just looking at some of the reactions that have occurred, um, it's been a very sort of knee-jerky uh, reaction, especially uh, in the morning of, of the reports. So we've seen a lot of companies get sold off quite aggressively on the open, um, and even in just that sort of first 
30, 40 minutes of trade, um, only to be bid up throughout the day. So um, yeah, I think that's just a good representation of the market right now. You know, the market's a little bit concerned that the Fed from these very high rates are going to go higher. Um, I certainly hope not, but uh, you know, we'll listen to the data and we'll listen to the to the uh, what what the market does. Um, so I think just yeah, main thing to focus on for investors is just look at the numbers, look at your strategy, don't be too reactionary with those those initial morning reactions. Indeed, lots of volatility. Wow. Thank you. Great guest today, Philip, Josh. Thank you so much for joining us on the call today. And that is the show for this Thursday. Any stocks you'd like us to cover, go to ausbiz.co forward slash callpicks or tweet us at ausbiztv. But uh, thank you for joining and don't go away because there's lots more coming up after the break here on Ausbiz.